the Kupalithis Podcast. Welcome to episode number 22, and this is Nick Kupalithis, your host. I'm so glad to be with you. And here we are at the end of September, and I'm posting, and I'm still holding to my promise of one episode at least a month. And you say, Nick, you know, the last time you posted was the beginning of August. Now it's the end of September. Hey, it's still in the process, right? Let me quote Cy Robertson. Hey, that's the quote. And so, uh, and you know, I, I always think it's funny when somebody hasn't put up a YouTube or hasn't posted in a while, they're always like, you've been wondering where I've been. And I get it. You haven't been wondering where I've been, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you anyway, right after this break. And the goal is going to be to do this in one take. So I, it, it's, we're going to try it. Usually I do this in many takes. So in one take, starting after this, where have I been? What have I been doing? And how can you benefit from it? Pete Carroll said this. He said, each person holds so much power within themselves that needs to be let out. Sometimes they just need a little nudge, a little direction, a little support, a little coaching, and the greatest things can happen. That is an amazing quote, and that really feeds into what I want to talk to you about and what I've been working on and what I've been getting certified to do and what will be unleashed from maybe the Kupalithis podcast, from our church, The Victory House, in life. Uh, I've been working on this secret project, which is brrr, becoming a certified life coach. And you say, well, what is a life coach? I, I hear about that. And uh, I hear that, you know, there's there's a lot of life coachings. It's an up and coming in industry. It's, it's all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you this. I, I'm going to get into it in a moment. But I, let me take you back before I do and tell you what life coaching is. Let me take you back 23 years. 23 years. I'm 43 years old. Let me take you back to the, to the, the ripe old age of 20 years old. Do you remember yourself at 20 years old? Do you remember how you probably knew everything? Maybe you were like me and you just had the whole life figured out. You knew, maybe you knew what you were going to do, but even if you didn't know what you were going to do, you were ready to take the, the bull by the horns and just go for it. I mean, that was me at 20. I got called into the ministry by God at 16, and so at, by 20, I'm trained up, I'm ready to preach, go to the nations, take it all, and I'm like, you know, we'll just let God sort the rest out, we'll just go and preach, and then you find out something, a four-letter word that begins with L, that ends with E, and has I-F, and it's a big if in the middle of life. You realize there's an if in the middle of life, and what's that if? Yeah, yeah, you're going to take the nations. Yeah, you're going to build businesses. Yeah, you're going to do all this if you have the right skills, if you have the right tools, if, if, if there's a lot of ifs in life. Come on. I mean, this is good preaching, but there is a lot of ifs in life. And so at 20, here I am. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm ready to tackle the whole world. And and it's like, you know what, actually, what's going to do? I, I wish I could go back and tell myself this. What's going to do you better, Nick, is that 
you prepare not only on being a good pastor, a good minister, uh, whatever that might be, but you also prepare to be a good husband, a good a good father. You learn the skills, understand it, uh, become become a man, become somebody who takes responsibility over their life, who has a deep sense of ownership, that has a purpose that they are going to fulfill at the cost, at the cost of your reputation, at the cost of your of you being comfortable. Like that's what when I look back 23 years ago at 20 it's like it's like yeah I was gung ho yeah I was ready to take on the whole world the whole world was my oyster but it was like was I ready? And I would say no. Am I ready at 43 for the next 20 years? I don't know. I'm more aware though. I'm more aware. And so I would say probably at 20 I was self conscious, not self aware. I, I was still insecure. I wasn't secure. I still, I still probably had a lot of things in my heart that I needed to work out. I needed tools. I needed direction. I needed mentorship. I needed pastoring. I needed coaching. I needed counseling. I needed all of these things. And friend, let me tell you, the Bible says that it's in a, in a multitude of counselors that there is safety. And it's okay that you need a whole village to raise you. You need a whole village to come and draw the purpose out of you. Now, I look at this Pete Carroll quote, and I say this Pete Carroll quote is, quote is great. This Pete Carroll. Um, let me say it again. Each person holds so much power within themselves that needs to be let out. And he's not thinking about the gospel. He's not thinking about, I don't think he is, I don't know. Uh, but this is, you know, you say, well, that's very humanistic. No, God has created every person to give him worship in such a way that, that they are powerful individuals. And you're a powerful individual, uh, not because of necessarily what you've done, but what, how God's created you, what he's put inside of you, which if you are saved and you are following the Lord, that means you have the spirit of God inside of you. Come on, the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave dwells in your mortal body, like, okay, you're a powerful individual. You're power, you need Jesus. Yeah, I get that. But you know what? I love what Pete Carroll says. He says, sometimes you need a little nudge, a little direction, a little support, a little coaching, and the greatest things can happen. You need a multitude of counselors around you. You need people around you to encourage you, to challenge you, to oppose you, to, to serve you, to love you, to lead you to rebuke you, to correct you, to encourage you, empower you, enable you. You need people around you. And at 20, I don't think I knew that. All right. All right, here we go. Fast forward, now years. I get married to a beautiful woman named Jackie. I have three beautiful daughters, Sophia, Lily, and Grace. And... I, I, I just feel so unprepared. And I probably talked about this on this podcast. I feel so unprepared for life. What does it mean to be a good dad, a good husband? I, I've talked to you probably a lot about that. But going through those emotions, and as a man, we're supposed to, it feels like we're supposed to know all this. You're to be the protector. You're to be the provider. You're to be the one who's a good listener, a good, a good this, a good that. And it's like, God, help me. Help me. And so I remember my good friend, Mike Harry, how many conversations that we've had about, oh, we went through ministry school and we knew so much about ministry and preaching and this and that and the other thing and theology and doctrine, but teach me, God, how to have character. I think I'm finally finding a life verse 
I don't really have one, but maybe it's quick to listen, slow to speak. The antithesis of what I am, right? Like, like, like not quick to listen, but, you know, don't listen, fix it all, speak. I mean, come on, guys. That's what we do. We fix everybody's problems, but we need somebody to fix us. And I'm finding that in life, maybe it's quick to listen, slow to speak, quick to ask questions, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So what does this have to do with my secret project? Well, there's nothing worse in life than a man feeling like he's unprepared. There's nothing worse in life than feeling like you're lost in a, and you're drowning in a sea of yourself trying to hold it all together. There's nothing worse in life than that the church doesn't acknowledge things like mental health. And the, uh, I'm not saying every, I think this is becoming a conversation about mental health, but a mental health and emotional health, and especially coming out of COVID, how important mental health is and, and emotional health. But I think the church, we've done probably a poor job of addressing these issues. I know even my own church, we have to do, I have to do a better job of really addressing these issues and being okay. Sometimes in the church, it's been like, here, you have the spirit, have the word, you're fine. It's like, no, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. You might need counseling. You might need coaching. You might need help. I'm going to get into coaching in a second of what it is. But I'm just, I'm just giving you the context of this because I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, actually a few years, it could have been last year now. Actually, yeah, what are we, in 2023? Yeah, we are in 2023. Back in 2022, I had a Hulk moment. Bruce Banner turned into Hulk. And, and I, I want to tell you about that moment. And, and before I tell you about that moment, this is brought to you by, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have any commercial there. Um, before I tell you about that moment, th- this is not dogging other people as much as it was a moment where I needed to to take up responsibility for myself and I needed to be a part of the positive change, okay? Um, I'm trying to do this in one take, so if I'm all over the place, this is why. (laughs) Um, But that feeling at 20 is not fun at 35, 36, 43, 63, 73, going through your whole life that way. I think sometimes in the church that especially, again, I'm giving you my perspective here, is that that feeling at 20 of feeling unprepared can go through where you're, you're in so many different situations. I've, I planted a church at 30 years old. And how, how many times have I felt unprepared and not enough skill and not enough knowledge? And even if I had the skills, like how do I then apply this skill? There's just so many things. You get what I'm saying? And so sometimes what happens in the church world is that when you go to a conference, when you go to a place to grow and to learn, is that a lot of times they get the person with 10,000 people in their church. They get the person with 3,000 people in their church to tell you all about what you should do. And they can hire so many different people and they have people around them that encourage them and support them. I'm not saying they don't go through their own challenges, but I'm just saying that when the average church is like 60 or 70 people in America, that that sometimes doesn't really translate well. All right, so here's my story, my Hulk moment where I just... I got really, really, really mad, but I did something about it. And I was at a pastor's conference in Orlando. 
I think my staff has heard this, and this is not, again, I'm not going to give you names here, but I'm at this pastor's conference in Orlando, and this 20-year-old struggle has been with me for, for, for at that time, 22 years, now 23 years, that that has been a struggle in my life, and that's been a struggle in many of people that I know. And I'm at this pastor's conference, and the guy who's leading the, this pastor's conference in Orlando is kind of a, in his circle, a pretty well-known guy. He has a lot of people around him, a lot of support, not saying he doesn't go through his own hardships. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that get to speak into a life, his life that probably counsel him and coach him and, and, and give him the word of God and all this kind of stuff. And then there's a lot of people who, we, you know, that, that that's not there for them as much. I mean, I'm feeling it. I'm going to take a little sip of my coffee here. Big gulp, big drink. Um, and so as I'm sitting in this pastor's conference, the guy on the platform says to this other guy on the platform, they, they start to have this little moment where they're bantering back and forth and they make a joke, disparagingly is how I translate it, about life coaching. And in that moment, I had this flash before my eyes of all the times I felt unprepared, all the conversations I've had about, man, if I only knew how to be a better husband, better dad, better, and it flashed before my eyes back and forth. And all of a sudden, Bruce Banner began to disappear. And there was some kind of form of anger and rage in me. And I began to stand up in the in, in, in the sanctuary, and I began to, and I didn't actually that, but I did, I, I didn't stand up and begin to yell, but inside of me, I began to go, why are you making fun of something that I, for some reason at that moment, and I look back and I think it was the Lord, but at some reason at that moment, I'm like, no, people need life coaching. People need help. Why are we making fun of it when there are people who are struggling and you're standing on the stage, and I'm just giving the raw moment, okay? You're standing on the stage, you have all these people around you, but there's people who, who don't have the support that you have. There's people who don't have the net that you have. And so why are you, dis, uh, why are you speaking down about something that maybe actually would be a tool to help? And I got really angry in that moment. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't have like a spirit of offense. I was angry and do not sin. I just was like, seriously, isn't that kind of hypocritical? I've done it before. I've said stupid things. I, I had to go back and, and kind of reevaluate. But that was such a defining moment for me because Bruce Banner disappeared in Hulk. And I said, I have to do something about this for me. I have to do something about this for our church. And so in March of 2023, I began taking life coaching courses because, friend, there's a lot of life coaches out there and they're not certified. They're just life coaches because they decide to be. And I was like, I need to figure this thing out. And about a class and a half, my second class through, I began to understand life coaching. And once I began to understand life coaching, I began to shift internally. And I began to shift relationally. And I began to see the world differently. You say, okay, all right, how? All right, ready, here we go. Counseling is important. Deep inner healing is important if you need that. Deep inner healing goes back into your life and it begins to work through trauma and pain. Counseling is important. Counseling takes you from the past and brings you to the present. 
There's a lot of times where we get stuck in the past and we need to come to the present. And so many times you hear a lot about counseling. People are like, oh, I don't want counseling. I don't want counseling. But honestly, everybody probably needs counseling. And if you say you don't need counseling, it's probably because you do. You do need counseling. You do need counseling. So you can go from the past to the present, but friend, let me tell you, there has to be a moment where you go from the present to the future, and that's coaching. I almost, some, well, let me say, like, sometimes it's easier to get counseling to go from the past to the present, but friend, come on, if we're being, if we're being real, there, there are moments where you want to go from the present to the future, but you feel stuck. You feel, you feel like, you know what, you're in a bad place. How do you get to a good place? Or maybe you're in a good place and you need to get, get into a better place. Or maybe you're in a great place and you want to go to an extraordinary place. Friend, that's what coaching is about. And so we use the word coaching, right? That's what coaching, coaching is finding that little hinges open big doors, right? Coaching is that person that is going to come alongside you and partner with you in thought and indeed in emotion and come alongside of you and, and be a voice in your life that gives you the little nudge, the little direction, the little support, the little coaching. You say, it's just a little, why is it important? Because small hinges open big doors. Coaching has begun to even get into my soul. A lot of times, you know, I've done pastoral counseling, I've done mentoring, discipleship, all these kinds of things. And, and I think what ends up happening is that usually, especially in the church, and I think there is a place for this. This is called preaching. This is called teaching. This is called, you know, there is a place where we are supposed to tell people and proclaim the gospel and tell people about the Lord and tell people about discipleship and tell people about the word and tell. But friend, you can't just tell, tell, tell. Let me say, let me just even offer that telling is a part of it, but there's also another part of it. And that's getting the people of God. That's getting your business. That's getting me, getting the people that are in your, your space to all of a sudden accept responsibility for their own life. That's where, that's what coaching is about. Coaching is coming alongside somebody and saying, hey, you know what? There's actually answers that are already in you. You're not powerless. You're powerful. You're, 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 not, you're not lost. You actually, just with a little nudge, a little help, a little, will be able to find your direction. See, God has created you in such a way that with the spirit of God, you can accomplish what he has called you to accomplish but you need the help. And so that little nudge, that little, that little, um, that little direct, that little support. And actually, as we know, a little support probably means a lot of support, but it, but it's a coach is not there to tell you what to do. Let me tell you what a coach does. Okay. There's four things that a coach does. A good coach will do. Number one, a good coach is going to move you forward. See, when you come into a coaching session and you say, I'm stuck, let me tell you something, the coach who is, who is an expert, who has certification, who knows what they're doing, that coach is going to listen so intently to your life. And that coach, their job 
is to get to move you forward. So when you're stuck, maybe you're stuck in emotion, maybe you're stuck in a thought, maybe you're stuck in a job, maybe you're stuck. And you know what? That coach is going to come alongside of you and they're going to help you go forward in your thinking, go forward in your action. And listen, this is what really leads to what they call transformational coaching. But that coach is going to help you move forward. The second thing that that coach is going to do, that's that, and the way, maybe we could say the way that they do it, that coach is going to evoke an insight into your life. It's going to be another perspective. You're going to realize that there's something possibly in your blind spot. You're going to realize there's something that is, that is you know, in your life, and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I never thought of that before. I never saw that before. And because all of a sudden you're seeing clearly, and all, all of a sudden because you know what's in your blind spot, guess what? You're going to interact with the world differently. And so number one, that coach is going to move you forward. Number two, that coach is going to bring insight into your life. Number three, that coach is going going to to create a deep sense of ownership. Now, not the coach's ownership, but your ownership. You're going to own your own words, your own actions, your own goals. You're going to have a deep sense of ownership. See, this is what needs to be added to really to discipleship. Not just me telling you to pray, but, but you owning how to pray, how to read your Bible, you owning your spiritual life, you owning whatever sphere of influence you're in, but you should walk away from a coaching session or sessions going, I can own this. It's mine. I'm responsible for it. I can do it. I can go forward. I can see clearly. And the fourth thing that every coach should bring to help you open those doors that are on small hinges to give you that little nudge, the, the other thing that that coach should do is that coach should bring positive reinforcement to your life. And this is kind of, you know, in the church world, this is what we call prophecy, the in, in encouragement for building up, for consolation, that that coach should bring a positive reinforcement to your life. Because listen, there's only one like you. There's only one person like you. There's only, there's only, there's only one of you. And that one of you is so special. And that one of you is so unique, and that one of you is so designed by your creator to accomplish great things that, friend, you should have somebody that encourages you, and you should be, feel like you can tackle this life. And, friend, that's what we need. We need coaches. We need life coaching in that. And so I've been working for the last uh, months and months, and by the end of this year, I will be a certified life coach, hopefully by November. And that has led me to start an LLC. Yes, I've started an LLC called Victus One Coaching and Consulting. Victus means in this context, way of life. One means one step, one thought, one action, right? There's usually there's one or two things really, but there's one thing that you can begin to do for forward moment. And so it's coaching and consulting, consulting something different, but coaching. Coaching. How has this changed my life? Well, this has changed my life by teaching me to be a better listener, to listen to my wife and not try to fix her, to ask better questions that aren't loaded or, but they're curious. I want to discover things about people now and now. I want to keep it interesting in life, but it's taught me how to listen. 
It's taught me how to empower others. And when I began to understand really what coaching was, I thought, man, they should have taught this in ministry school. Every ministry school should teach life coaching because life coaching changes lives. Life coaching does what we say discipleship does or counseling does. That's what we say it does, but really it should move people forward and create insight and ownership and have positive reinforcement. And so that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. I'm not giving up on this podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to publish this podcast. And then when, when I'm done with these three classes, I will be probably podcasting like crazy again, because this is a great outlet for me and this is healthy and I want to keep you in my world, but that's what I've been doing. And I, I've really tried to do this section in one take. So I don't even know if I'm missing something here. But if you want to know more about it, I want you, you can you can email me either at coopalethis at gmail.com or you could, if you want to know about coaching and you're part of our church, listen, coaching is free for our church members, church members, but you want to jump into coaching, that's that's great. You can do that. Um, but you can email me just to find out about it. And I might not be the right person for you. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, I mean, I, I love to walk with you. But you know what? Find somebody that's in your own community. Find somebody that that can, can coach you. Because, friend, you might be stuck in the present, but it's time to go to the future. You might be in a place that's that's good. Listen, it's time to have somebody come alongside of you so you can then be great. John Whitmore said this. I'm going to finish with this quote. Coaching is unlocking people's potential to maximize their own performance. It's more often helping them to learn rather than teaching them. There are, I'm going to finish with this thought, actually. There are, God doesn't make trash. That's what I wanted to say. God doesn't make trash. He designs you for a great purpose. So that's where I've been. I want to live to my full potential. And I want to empower people to live to their full potential in the Lord. So that's the secret project I've been working on. Thanks for hanging out with me. God bless you. I love you. And uh, actually, next month is in a few days. But I will be with you next month again on this podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Thank you so much for listening to the Kupalithis podcast. Please consider supporting this by a donation at thecoopalethispodcast.com. It is a tax-deductible donation. If you would like to write into the show, you can write me at coopalethis at gmail.com. Yes, you got to figure out how to spell that, but share, subscribe. See you next time. Just show up.